Welcome to Narda Gusson Teaching Broadcast. I am Narda Gusson, your host, and I thank you for joining me right here on His Royal Diadems Radio, where we share and glean from the Word of God each week. My prayer is that your time spent with me will be both encouraging and educational so that you can be equipped and empowered in the things of the Lord. Now join me as we tune in to a broadcast already in session. A pleasant good evening, good morning, and good afternoon to wherever you are tuning in around the world. Today, I have a word from the Lord, and I believe this word is going to speak to our hearts. It's going to transform our lives if we apply the principles of God's word through faith and obedience. Abba, we are thankful for another week that we have experienced your grace Thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercies because they are fresh. They are new every morning. And as we congregate today, Holy Spirit, we ask that you speak to our hearts a word that will meet us right where we are. Make your words plain to us. Make them practical and concise. Let them become real and reliable to help us in our struggles and conflicts and the warfares in which we are engaged. May our hearts be lifted up by the awareness and by the understanding that the one who lives within us is adequate and sufficient and more than enough. Glory to God. We thank you and we bless you in Yeshua's name. Amen and amen. Well, once again, I welcome you to this week's continued teaching on the Armor of God series. And for those of you who have been following this series, we are now in lesson four. Uh, last week, Thursday, I finished uh, the breastplate of righteousness and, and we talked about the purpose that it serves to us as sons and daughters of the kingdom. And as always, my prayer is that you found many virtuous nuggets to equip you, empower you in your everyday living. And today we are going to Learn about some very special shoes. <laughs> and I know that the ladies probably I got your attention once I said shoes. But no, ladies, these shoes are not, are not Versace and Gucci and Louis Vuitton or Jimmy Choo's. Those name brands have absolutely nothing on these shoes called peace. So let's dive straight into the lesson to learn what the Bible reveals to us about these supernatural shoes because, you know, we want to know exactly what they symbolize and how to activate the power contained within them so that we can step on the head of those evil and wicked snakes and scorpions that the Bible says that we, we have authority over. Amen. Our foundational text will be taken from the book of Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 10. And it reads, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness arrayed, and with your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. 
pray in the Spirit at all times, with every kind of prayer and petition. And to this end, stay alert with all perseverance in your prayers for all saints. To best understand the dynamics of uh, these analogies, uh, these spiritual analogies that Paul, the Apostle Paul writes about, we must ask the Holy Spirit to unveil and disclose these biblical truths to us. Amen. Because ladies, we cannot fight in flip-flops or Jimmy Choo's. The Bible speaks about silly women. Silly women who always found themselves being captive and held in bondage to something. Silly women who can't fight, don't know how to fight or won't fight. But we better learn to fight like the daughters and sons of the kingdom and like our life depends on it. Because guess what, beloved? It does. We can't fight in flip-flops or Jimmy Choo's. So excuse me, please, while I put on my red bottoms. Red for the blood of Christ and bottoms whereby I shall keep the enemy crushed under my feet. You see, we've got heavenly orders and a mandate that as a soldier, we cannot be careless and complacent. We are called to win battles in this life, beloved. And with God's permission today, glory to God, we will pursue. Some of us, before we got saved, we used to fight. We knew how to street fight. But for some reason, when we got saved, we, we thought that we couldn't fight anymore. And so we've allowed the enemy to, to come into our homes, to come into our minds and in our hearts and in our lives in so many different ways to steal from us, to beat us and whip us. But today it's time for you to slick back that hair, anoint your greasy face and put a hometown stomping and bruising on the devil's head. Amen. Because listen here. Our God didn't give us an armor so that we could sit back and look cute. We've got devils to fight, principalities and powers to dismantle, and giants to bring down. We've got an enemy who's after our seed and after our inheritance. He's after our health, our wealth. He's after our lives. And we must fearlessly man our station and effectively guard and protect what God has said is rightfully and legally ours. So you can stay there with your Jimmy Choo self. But when some of us get a hold of our treasures, you know, the blessings and promises of God for our lives, don't you dare be envious and critical and, and be jealous and covetous. Because many of us, we bear our ministry, ministry stripes because it cost us and we bear the scars to prove it. You and I, we have all been afforded the same opportunity, but we've got to embrace the promise of God for ourselves. There's only so much that I can do for you. There's only so much your brother can do for you. There's just so much uh, 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 the brethren, the church can do for you. We've got to stop waiting for someone else to carry us into the pool. It's about time we take up our own, our own bed and walk. Amen. We must soldier up and mature in the things of God. Because if you can't bleed with me, honey, you can't lead with me. Because the silliness and slothfulness of, a, of the careless soldier may just get me killed or cast into some trap. And after all that I just said, some of us will think it's okay to go and fight with the sword of our tongues and physical fits. And that's not what I'm speaking of. So let's clarify what I just said because that which I spoke of just now was metaphorically speaking. Amen. Now, the part of the armor of God that Paul describes and we are investigating in today's lesson is the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. 
So here are some questions to ponder. What good are shoes? And for what purpose do they serve the believer? But a more significant and vital question begs, what does shoes have to do with preparation, with the gospel, and with peace? And the only way that we can even remotely begin to understand this purpose is best to begin by understanding how the shoes served the Roman soldier. We are living in a time, beloved, where there is much fighting and wars around us. And listening to the news doesn't make it any better because in essence, what it does is trigger many emotions like anger and hate, uncertainty, fear. And ultimately, this breeds confusion and chaos and division within the mind and soul of men so that after the consumption of these negative reports, he is left peaceless. Even Paul himself lived in a time where there was a lot of fighting. But after his conversion, the Lord led and put him on a path called straight. And now with his new vision, you know, his new sight, his ability to hear the instructions from the Holy Spirit, he was able to discern the plan of God for his life and for mankind and thus began to write as the Holy Spirit led him. Paul had received prophecies about the fate that awaited him on his journey. And let me tell you, it wasn't pleasant. And hear me, beloved, because these messages were not the itchy ear prophecies that people nowadays are running to and receiving from false prophets. In fact, the prophetic uh, message he did receive was an unambiguously loud and clear in Acts 20. And that it was chains, pain and tribulation. It was imprisonment and ultimately death that was waiting for him. And while his compass was set toward Jerusalem in Acts 21, the believers around him had even tried to convince him to abandon the plans because, you know, they couldn't bear the thought of their friend walking straight into this prophetic fate. But Paul was sold out. You see, he was persuaded in his faith and he wasn't afraid to die. And in his commitment to the Lord and the kingdom of commission, he readily responds to his brethren that he was not only ready to be bound in chains and imprisoned, but he was ready and willing to die for the name of Yeshua and for the sake of the gospel. You know, I remember just like, like Abraham, about 16 years ago, when I had to do my Abraham walk and I had to leave my world as I knew it. And as I knew York Exodus, leaving everything behind but the clothes on my back, one suitcase and my three daughters, I was led straight into a wilderness experience. And it was there, friends, that I conquered my Job experiences. It was there that I faced my Goliath and his mean and ugly brothers. It was in that journey that led me to, to the ultimate place to endure the agonizing Gethsemane. But you see, God knew where I was. He, he knew the conflict and the confusion and the, and the chaos that was whirling around me. And so he orchestrated every detail that led me to the place I am today. It was a suddenly, as I recalled the Holy Spirit saying, get up and go and tell no one. Just like that. Because there would be people in your life and hear me beloved good people just like you know Paul's companions that that loved the Lord and loved Paul and these people they will be concerned about you it's only natural 
but the voices of their influence and, and opinions can interfere with the voice of the Lord. And so one must be able to discern the move of God and to move swiftly when the Holy Spirit speaks. Amen. So Paul not only writes about his quest and this exquisite supernatural armor of God like some fairy tale, he not only writes about it, he wears it like a cloak and, and he works it like his life depends upon it. Because it does. And in the greatest moments of his needs, when he had to tread through dangers, toils and snares, he was able to call and reply, excuse me, rely upon this piece of armor described to us as the shoes of peace. It was in these challenging moments that Paul found protection and strength because he understood the great commission and the knowledge of what this gospel represented, not just to him, but to mankind. And so in his dangerous foreboding sails, when, when the storms of life began to hit, when the fierce winds of life began to beat upon his ship, when the unrelentless winds began to blow, hear me friend, his feet were prepared and covered with the peace that passes all human understanding and reasoning, which caused him to remain steady, unmovable and unshakable as he was equipped to carry the weight of the cross, to carry the weight of the gospel wherever God was sending him. But don't be fooled, friend. The shoes of, uh, of peace, although they sound passive, are really a pair of dangerous and deadly footwear. And just like the belt, which initially appears to be a superfluous object of convenience, in this lesson, we're going to learn why our spiritual shoes matter and the vital importance of wearing them before we go into the battlefield. So back to the question, for what purpose do shoes serve? Well, let us imagine a fully armed soldier. He has every piece of a gladiator shining armor encompassing his entire body. He is shining so bright that he looks like a celebrity coming straight out of a Hollywood film. But when you gaze down at his feet, because you know how we do. We size up people by looking at their exterior appearance and then we look at them from top to bottom. But here, when we gaze down at his feet, they are completely naked and opened to the elements. Just by gazing at the soldier man with no foot covering, we can quickly conclude that his armor is incomplete, right? With no foot covering, we can tell that something is missing and for the fashionistas, something is definitely wrong with this picture. You see, a shoeless soldier could run into some real trouble in the heat of, of the fight. And if you would engage me for a moment, imagine you leaving your place of abode to go into the street. Maybe you're going to market for grocery shopping or, or out to a lovely dinner. Maybe it's the long awaited celebration or some special event. You're dressed to impress, but you have no shoes on your feet. Now stay with me. Think about what you have to leave what you have to pass and walk through as you close and lock your door to exit your house. Now, ladies, you are fabulously glammed and you're shining like diamonds on a Saks Fifth Avenue display. And brothers, ooh, 
you're looking fine as wine. Crisp. Sharp. Looking like you, you just stepped out of a GQ magazine. But then your naked feet touch the outside city street. You may be waiting to take a cab or have need to walk a few blocks to catch the bus. You may even have to walk several blocks to go down some dirty, raunchy stairs to catch the train. Not to mention the danger of avoiding the rocks and all kinds of tree particles and twigs on the ground. How about the garbage and debris laying around? The broken glass, the fecal matter and liquids on the ground, whether human or animal, who knows? Then there are the dangerous potholes and water holes. Or how about risking the multitude of people stepping on your toes while you're attempting to move and navigate through the ill-mannered, unconcerned crowd? What about those who, who live in the countryside or mountains, having to climb a rocky hill or, or walk down a muddy, slippery slope? In many of these illustrations, your bare feet would be pained they would be cut, bruised with all probability of slipping because it would have no protection or grip or support for its feet, causing you more discomfort and anguish as you'd probably come tumbling down like a Jack and Jill. Now just imagining this is sickening, right? Well, a bare foot can suffer severe pain and damage. Thinking about where you will step next is one of the last things a warrior or any soldier in his right, right mind will want to deal with while he's in the middle of a fiery combat. So wearing quality, sturdy shoes enables us to march and stride freely through life without the hesitations and trepidations, all while staying focused on the assignment, the promise of the Father, and the battle at hand. Now, how do our spiritual shoes help us stand firm? Well, let's look at it a little closer to see the benefit it served the soldier man. The Roman soldier's shoes or sandals were made from several layers of tough leather. They weren't the open toe shoes like, you know, we see in pictures or movies. These shoes were warring shoes and beneath the shoes, they were armed with nail-like spikes to make them hold firm in the ground, especially during battle. And though this often kept the soldier from slipping, it also enabled him to climb down steep terrain and hike through difficult heights, providing great support for his feet and his ankles. And his legs were also covered with what is called greaves. And these greaves shielded and protected their upper thighs and lower legs. So much in the same way that shoes permit us to walk on what would otherwise be painful terrain without fear, without worrying about slipping and falling, being shod or adorned with the preparation of the gospel of peace assures us that we can navigate through excruciating trials and tribulations without fear because we have come to learn and trust in whom we believe in glory to God. We know who we are and to whom we belong to. Amen. John 14, 27 reads, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, 
neither let it be afraid. And so a yielded life that finds the hidden virtues of his shoes will encounter its power and stability and he will begin to trust that God has truly equipped and empowered him with everything he will ever need in this life to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. And there will be absolutely, listen to me, absolutely nothing outside of himself that can cause him to be moved because the greaves that shield his legs and the shoes that cover his feet will cause him to keep marching forward regardless of the enemy's attempt to take him down. In Luke 10, 19, Yeshua spoke these famous words. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen. So what is the gospel of peace? Mark chapter 1 and verse 1 and 14 says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, after John was put in prison, Yeshua came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, in the New Testament, we'll find several descriptions and phrases that are associated with the word gospel, such as the gospel of the kingdom, the preparation of the gospel of peace, the gospel of grace, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and what does all, all this mean? Well, the Greek translation for the word gospel is euangelion, which simply means good news. This succinctly describes the message that God's people are commissioned to share with others. Paul asked the question in Romans 10, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Because the gospel of the kingdom of God, the good news, includes the message about the gospel of Yeshua, his son. It also includes the gospel of grace, which is the unmerited forgiveness and pardon we receive and his plan of salvation. And then the gospel of the peace message is God's way of preparing mankind for eternity. First John 2, 6 reads, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. In this present age, we can conclude as we hear the horrific news from our daily media resources, despite all human attempts at world peace, this world does not know the, the road to peace. No matter how many vows and promises and peace treaties are signed and agreed upon. So friend, what does the preparation of the gospel of peace have to do with shoes? It has everything to do with shoes. It grants us assurance that what awaits the believer is greater and more beautiful than anything we could possibly suffer in this world. Paul scribed in Romans 8, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we, we share in his suffering so that we may also share in his glory. And he went on further to say that our present sufferings are not comparable to the glory that will be revealed to us. 
And so trials and tribulations, they did not divert or detract Paul. In Acts 20, 24, Paul wrote, but none of these things move me, nor do I count myself, my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Yeshua to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. In the Apostle Paul's day, he walked countless miles. He sailed across turbulent seas for weeks and months to deliver the good, the good news of this gospel we speak of. And although our way of communication and transportation have greatly changed from Paul's day, we too in our dispensation today, we must be equipped and ready to do our part in spreading the gospel of Yeshua HaMashiach who went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. You see, God's church is called and commissioned to proclaim the good news of his kingdom. And it is this very message that will spread his way of peace into the hearts of millions upon millions around the globe. And so with having our shoes on, being shod, and prepared with these divine supernatural gliders. They will equip us to readily move with great speed and agility to spread these glad tidings that are able to save man's soul. For what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Hear me, friend. The day is at hand. The curtain is about to close as the return of our Lord draws near. The Bible has made it clear that Yeshua will return to take us home. And after several prophetic world events take place like the Great Tribulation and, and the majestic final showdown at Armageddon, the Great White Throne of Judgment, and that's just to name a few, Yeshua the King will have defeated the devil and his angels who rebelled with him and the wicked and unrighteous who rejected Yeshua and his word. And there will be no more war or fear, no more sorrow and no more crying. No more sickness and no more death. A new heaven and a new earth shall be established. And so shall we ever be with our Lord. Glory to God. But the scripture says, For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation neither shall they learn war anymore. And in closing, to the household of faith, are your feet shod and securely fastened with the shoes of peace? And to the rest, if you are without the Lord, will you come to him for salvation tonight? If you have heard his voice, do not harden your heart, but come, come and settle things with God before the door closes, before it's too late. The invitation is open for all who will come. Father, I have obeyed your voice. I have delivered your word to your people. Now sanctify them through thy truth, for thy word is truth. May these words of life meet us and help us through the conflicts of life that engage us from day to day, God. 
Holy Spirit, teach us and open our vision to see into the realm of the Spirit by the Spirit so that we can function at our full capacity as a good soldier, activating and employing every piece of this divine and uh, supernatural armor that you have given to us for such a time as this. We love you and we praise you and we honor you and we just thank you and we treasure your word and we will hide it in our hearts, oh God, so that we will not sin but follow close after thee. In Yeshua's name, the name that is above every name, amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in to Narda Goodson Ministries teaching broadcast. I am Narda Goodson, your host. Be sure to tune in next week same time, same place, for another powerful, life-changing, burden-removing, yoke-destroying, anointed Word of God, where Yeshua is Lord, and of His kingdom there shall be no end. Shalom. I love to be in God's presence. I love when His wind blows into my atmosphere and consumes me. Worship is an entertainment. It's more than an emotion. It isn't just singing, clapping, hands, and making noise. Anybody can do that. But real worship will cause you to disrobe and become broken. Become vulnerable and exposed before the King. It will require you to unveil and break open your alabaster box. Worship is an on-purpose fanning of the flame of your first love causing the oil to pour out. True worship opens you to a personal encounter of intimacy that invites and invokes the presence of the King to come in. Worship is the most beautiful thing I know.